Hey gearheads and welcome to GT Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey and welcome to season three of GT Garage Talk. Very excited for this one. We are kicking it off with a bang because I actually have, believe it or not, an in-studio guest with me in Lonnie Johnson, longtime radio personality here in the East Texas area. Like to talk cars with him, pick his brain from his experience. Lonnie, great to have you with us. Hey, Corey, how are you doing, man? Man, I am doing great. Uh, they dropped a Ford Bronco off for me today. I took the doors and top off immediately. Is it I'm the little li- black one with a two-door? No, no, I've got the, the you had, yes, I'm jealous. You had the mm-hmm. two-door. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've got the big four-door uh, out, outer banks is mm-hmm. the trim that I have, which is comparable to a Jeep Sahara. And, you know, very comfortable on-road. It's got leather seats, heated seats, you know, the comfort stuff with mild uh, tires. So they're not too noisy or anything like that. That was the first two that they sent me. One was Outer Banks. I forget what the other one was. But they uh, predominantly had street tires yeah, and, and, yeah. and a pretty mild setting on it. And uh, for this first vehicle of the last Ford run I've done, uh, they sent the Badlands uh, yes. two-door down. Uh, I was able to take it. Uh, I wanted to take it to Barnwell. Right. Uh, the only time I can really test these things out at Barnwell or if they're two doors, just because of the sheer size right. of the vehicles. Right. So uh, Barnwell was uh, tied up. So I went to a place I think called Rabbit Run, Okay. Uh, which is primarily a redneck mud park. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to East Texas. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Matt, I could not have been more impressed with how flawless – yeah, that it that it was to operate this thing in all conditions. I mean, uh, I drive a Jeep; uh, it's my everyday vehicle, okay. and it's got the uh, two-speed transfer case, so mm-hmm. it's got the multiple choices. Uh, the Badlands did as well, so you kind of choose what terrain you wanted it to go on, and it, literally, it Just was effortless. It yeah. Effortless is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate enough. Ford invited me out to their, they call them the off-rodeo training park, where if you buy a full-size Bronco or the Badlands Bronco Sport, you're given a day of training out at one of their four facilities around the state, or around the state, around the country. Mm -hmm. And we are fortunate enough to have one here in the state of Texas, outside of Austin, kind of in the Llano area, and... It was a blast. I hopped in a two-door there as well. I got a wild track, which had everything except for the disconnectable sway bar, which I missed sorely. I wanted that on the vehicle that I had, but it was bright blue, the velocity blue that they've got. It was gorgeous, gorgeous rig. And having this one, like I took it, I took my son to my parents' house uh, in Flint, about 30-minute drive from here, took the doors off, took the roof off. I wrapped him up in a blanket because... It's a little chilly today for uh, 60 miles an hour with no roof and no doors. But yeah, it, so far, so good. I, I'm loving it. How about you, man? What What's going on with you? G- give us a little insight into your background, your history in the automotive world, if you would. Uh, yeah, it's not that interesting. Uh, oh, it, what, uh, let's see. I, I uh, started out working at KTBB, uh, a guy named uh, Roger Gray, who was right. super influential to me. Uh, was a rider and an auto rider uh, and wanted to do a car show, wanted to bring me on as a sidekick. Um, I came on for comedic relief, basically, to Roger's straight man uh, right. run. Uh, Roger eventually wanted to retire. 
uh, I uh, brought on uh, David Irwin, took over the show, kind of gave it uh, my own spin uh, with a lot of input, uh, with a lot of uh, leaning on Irwin for knowledge, on right. automotive knowledge. Um, and we did the show. Uh, my, it uh, got a lot of complaints early on, and uh, we were going to be forced off the air. And uh, my boss at the station, who's still my boss today and a great guy, pulled me in and he said, he pulled Roger in his office and said, hey, Lonnie's gone off the reservation. We knew this would happen. I need you to get back on the show, put him in the the passenger seat again, and we'll we'll start this over, to which I politely explained to my boss and Roger that I just wasn't interested in that. Uh, didn't want to do like a, a straight motor trend show. Wanted right, to have right. a little bit more levity to it, uh, lightness. Uh, you know, you really, it, it's so hard to do an automotive show without the serious segments, without the the, polit- uh, the uh, politics of the actual manufacturers and, and what they have to go through. And so uh, there's just so many straight shows on. I wanted to kind of lighten it up a little bit and uh, just got started, ended up lasting 15 years. Uh, David passed a couple years ago. I wrapped it up. Uh, 15 years was a good run. I right, uh, right. wanted a break anyway. Uh, radio is a little different than the podcasting. Yeah. A little uh, more flexible on podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, just uh, being a slave to the clock, uh, knowing that every Saturday at uh, 10 a.m., I had to have two hours worth of content. I actually probably had to have four hours worth Yikes. of content ready to go to get through two hours. And it became a little bit monotonous. Um, yeah. And my, I had a son that was uh, just ending up uh, his years in high school want to focus on that and uh and you know have enjoyed that quite a bit met you uh you 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 ran me down in the service station the other day um and i decided hey i'd like to give this a shot just to see how it goes and that that's really all there is it's kind of a boring story but it, it was a lot of fun the show was a lot of fun over the years uh we were able to talk cars with people and just everything about the culture uh, interests me, you know, and, uh, I was lucky enough to have the manufacturers still allow me to review cars on the website, which is ktbb.com. If you want to go there to visit my, uh, car show page, you can read, uh, reviews, you know, on the Bronco, uh, just to go back to it, get off me, get on what really matters. (laughs) Um, the, the Bronco, it, I'm impressed by it, but I have, I have to tell you that the fit and finish is atrocious at this point. Um, the uh, and, and and if you they're wanting to crank them out, is it the I get it, I get it. And and COVID, God bless them. They've had a lot of trouble with COVID, and I feel very sorry for them. But uh, the road noise on the on the first uh, generation of these uh, removable hardtops is unbearable, and they've addressed it, yeah. and they're insulating them now. Which, if you're interested in buying a Bronco, I would tell you that that's a huge, huge improvement because right. the first ones were almost too loud to take on a trip. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, uh, it, I'm very excited for them, uh, and what this Bronco holds that they're clearly a direct competitor of the Jeep. Uh, they've become so successful about it, uh, by that, that now when I see a Jeep or a Bronco on the road, I kind of do a double take to see which one I'm looking yeah. at, you know? Well, it was crazy. Like I said, I, I just had to headed down went down drove down to flint and in the short 30 minute drive there a first edition bronco pulled up next to me and Mm -hmm. he was waving me down and you know there isn't the jeep wave quote unquote for bronco owners yet but it'll be interesting to see flying the finger to jeep owners (laughs) i think is that the bronco wave (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what they do because we ended up traveling next to each other for quite a ways and a previous gen jk rubicon mm-hmm. was in front of us and we kind of swarmed on him i'm like yeah yeah 
we got you. We got you here. But yeah, I I am thoroughly impressed with this Bronco so far. Uh, this first time I've sampled an Outer Banks version. Uh, I cannot tell you if it's got a first gen or a second gen top. Uh, notoriously, you mentioned it. They had to. They recalled all of them. Yeah, you, well, they they had to. Yeah, they, they, to. they were that bad. You huh? can't spend fifty grand. And, and and wish that your mother-in-law was yelling at you going down the road. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't was, work. Yeah. So uh, we, we've we got a buddy on the channel that uh, he and I took his. He had a black diamond. Took it bone stock. His first time ever off-road, he and I went to Barnwell in his. And we're doing some things out there. It's an hour drive out there. The wind noise wasn't bad in it. He's got one of the new gen tops on it. So the, they are figuring it out along the way, you know, the on the job training kind of thing. They're 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 ironing out those last little details that they couldn't stand on the shoulders of Jeep and say, you know what, we're gonna put the windows on the cowl. You know what? We're gonna do frameless uh, windows on the door so the doors are smaller when you take off. There it's just that last ten feet of the the entire process, making it clean and sure. user user friendly that you would want to have it as your daily. And and sadly to any rednecks listening, uh, the, that's not even Ford's best, most interesting vehicle to me right now. Far and away, it's the Mustang Mach E that interests me the most. Okay. Um, it, I guess we've both been in this car. Also, yep. is that correct? You've been in it. So very serendipitous how you and I met. So they Tuesday is our Ford delivery day, both of us in this market, and I'm driving around an XLT Explorer. You know, just. Typical family car. It's not even a top trim or anything like that. Took my son to the library and I see a silver marquee. What, do they have to send you top trim all the time? I mean, is our I mean, podcast this high tone? <laughs> I mean, is it, okay, is it, okay, is it like okay. this? Okay, I, I can, okay. I mean, all right. I've gotten a little spoiled. Okay. You're, you're driving the Expedition right now. That I am, is yeah. still one of my favorite vehicles that they've dropped off for us. Hard and, not to like it. And that one was the limited trim mm-hmm. and not even top trim as it is. So, you know, it's. It's nice. It's not extravagant. It was perfect for us. It's okay for us old radio guys. The yes. podcast guy, a little <laughs> tough. You might need to add a few more extras on. Yeah, you know, where's my massaging seats? But that's beside the point. <laughs> no, but so driving the Explorer, and yep. I see this silver mach in town, and I know there's a dark gray one around, so I'm like, mm, I don't think that's it. And I look in my review mirror, see the Michigan plates. I'm like, nope, that's Lonnie. And so, you know, I start cranking the wheel. I, I pull a Yui and go track you down at, at the service station and uh, I pull up next to you. You're on the phone or something. I'm like, that sure looks a whole lot like the, the rig I took to Amarillo and back. So yes, I have plenty of seat time in that mach I, I, I feel like I've learned it better than any press rig I've ever had. I've well, been, what the hell do you think about it? I, <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen the highs on? and I've seen the lows. So the, Okay. Is the low related to the product or the low related to the infrastructure? The infrastructure. That's what more, I thought. So. More than anything, I, I will say if it had a 300-mile usable range on it, the infrastructure would be less a problem. So they they could bump up the range and solve more or less easily one of my biggest gripes of it. And that was the fact that uh, Google Maps said Tyler to Amarillo is supposed to be seven hours. At the Ford Pass or whatever they call it, the built-in navigation said 10. I'm like, okay, I can swallow it because, you know, I got to stop for food along the way, whatever. I, I can eat that extra time. I know three hours is a lot, but traveling across Texas, you get used to it. Turned out to be 14. 
ended up going into Oklahoma for part of it, which <laughs> was like a hard pass on my original list. I, I didn't want to leave the state. So you Texas. chose this route because of the charging stations? Yeah. Okay. I, I was forced right. into okay. it. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Uh, the first stop, I overcharged it because, you know, filming and doing everything I had to do for YouTube, I was there longer than it wanted me to be there because it wasn't going to top me off. It just said, okay, you need to get to like 75% and then you can be on your way again which was all well and good, you know, had dinner, whatnot, and uh, got it up to 80%. So it, it unbeknownst to me until I hit the road again, it rerouted me. It was going to take me a different way than I had already like mentally prepared myself for. And so on the fly, I'm like trying to reroute my built-in navigation a little bit more to stay on my original plan. And it, it just... It wasn't working for me, and I ended up uh, stopping at a hotel at one of their overnight chargers, which was not a fast charger by any means. I think I was there for 30 minutes and had yeah. five <laughs> the miles. The term fast charger is abused yes. at this point. That's if it's not 150 kilowatt hour chargers, it's not a fast charger. Correct. And, and before I uh, give you my uh, reaction to it, I just want to say, I'm a hundred percent on with the right. Mach-E and I, I love the product itself. The infrastructure was frustrating more than I think it needed to be. Especially here in East Texas. We Correct. Don't, we don't have any fast chargers. The nearest one to us that isn't Tesla branded is, uh, I'd say probably Shreveport or Dallas. Like we, they're as rare as an East Texas Democratic candidate. <laughs> Listen, they are just not here. Okay. No. So, and, that, and that, that's the thing that I found out was that there's a, Three primary stations in town, uh, one at a junior college mm -hmm. and two at local dealerships. Yep. Uh, to give Both them Both behind lock and key. <laughs> uh, yes, for the most part, they're yep. right off the service department. Yep. Um, but but I found that uh, the the range was less than what I was told it would be. Right. Uh, and, and as I understand, that had a lot to do with weather. It was right. a very cold uh, yes. week when I had it. So instead of, a, I think they're getting like 260 miles out of a charge, I was only able to get 200 mm. at a fully charged... Uh, yeah. point. And well, the truth is I'm all in on electric vehicles. I am. It, it's what interests me. If I was 21 now, uh, I, I, nothing would give me more joy than uh, ripping out the interior of a Tesla, putting in a racing seat and just <laughs> destroying Hellcats all over town. Yes. You know, uh, so, but until they, until they get the structure here, the infrastructure here, yeah. it's not viable here. And, and Jim, one, uh, I don't know how well you know the guys that yes. deliver the trucks but or cars to us from Ford, but they're both named Jim. They're both great guys, <laughs> known them for 20 years. And, uh, well, I don't want to get them in – I don't want to reference them anymore because they're not <laughs> – Don't they, get they them have to deliver. Well, they right. have to deliver the car. And what I want to get at is when uh, – Jim rarely calls me the day before. He'll call me the day of, but rarely the day before. And he called me up, Lonnie. Well, I'm bringing a little electric car to you. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I don't, you got to meet me somewhere because it's only got, and what I heard in his voice was the definition of range anxiety. Yep. For the first time, spent years talking about it on the show, never truly experienced range anxiety. And in this instance, I was able to experience it before I got the car yeah. through his voice. He brings it, and I find that the week that I spent in the car, Although I absolutely love the tech on the car, it's flawless. Uh, the build quality, the build I was quality, blown away. Yeah, I mean, it's. What it, else do you want? It is not a parts bin Ford car. Sure, the turnstocks are parts bin, the lock unlock, but like you get in it, if you're not told it's a Ford, you're not picking it up. 
as a Ford. Mm-hmm. There, no. there, there's nothing in there that just screams, you know, last gen, two gen old Ford. It, I, I was personally blown away for that to be the first Ford press vehicle delivered to me. I'm like, well, if they're all this good, I'm a Ford guy now. Uh, you're famously sitting next to that bow tie right there on the oh, table yeah? next yeah, to yeah. you came off my 07 Chevy trucks. Like I'm a, I'm a Chevy guy. That's kind of strange. I, I just gotta, <laughs> that, so that, you know, I see a lot of first in my life cause I'm 55 and I've not seen an emblem taken off an old used car of your own. Is there anything else that you took off of it? I've got mementos all so back of re- the front seat, maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, I I took the uh, bow ties off because I put some uh, billet aluminum ones on there. So I I, I kept the plastic. You ones. put a billet aluminum bow tie. Yep, o- on the grill. You should have stepped it up and just cut it out and done a flow tie. That was you know before I mean? the that flow tie was wicked. a thing. Okay. So, All you know, right. I, I, I'm not a crystal ball reader. I, I don't see into the future. So, man, I could have made tons of money there. And you you could have. That would have been a thought. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me for any future <laughs> revenue building thoughts. But no, this, uh, so the, it, I don't know how long you want to, uh, stay on this point. It really interests me, but I think if they could get the infrastructure, he, Jim pointed out that in Houston, just North of Houston, there's like, you can go to the, the crappiest, Walmart uh, mm-hmm. convenience store, and there's these superchargers there that can charge you from twenty to eighty percent in thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Which is why more the, of those, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you aware? What's the holdup? Is it the infrastructure program that the, that, that the president wants to get passed? Is that the the holdup on it, or it's is it my understanding? One, uh, Electrify America is the company that VW basically were punished to make because of the whole Dieselgate scandal. So their penance for cheating the U.S. government out of emissions and all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. is, oh, well, we'll build this electric infrastructure. And they partnered with Walmart, which is why practically every major city's Walmart has four or more Electrify America stations out front. It's a good partnership because Walmarts are everywhere, but Electrify America everywhere, and you're good to go. The problem is... Like you said, they're just nowhere to be found here. The infrastructure hasn't trickled to us yet. And since it's a private company, yeah, I'm sure they're getting a kickback from the government. But it, it's going to be a while before markets the size of Tyler, we're a 200,000 metro market. It's going to be a while before we see them. But even in the greener, more forward-thinking cities like Austin, right. you know, you've got these uh, monster and latte-drinking millennials that that build these neighborhoods of like fifty to a hundred homes. Right. Uh, you you they have a homeowners association which uh, basically states that you everything's green energy. Right. So they all drive uh, fully electric cars. Yeah. Probably mostly Teslas. Um, but come in and they, and they plug them in at night. It, it, it sells the power back to the grid on behalf of the homeowners association. I mean, there's, there's things about this that I, I just don't think that a lot of people here in this area are seeing to get their enthusiasm up for electric. Yeah. You mentioned range anxiety. So you don't even know range anxiety until, until, you're on the highway. until it's midnight. You're in the middle of freaking nowhere oklahoma and ford does this awesome thing they put a little blue outline on the built-in navigation showing exactly how far you could go in any given direction based on your current charge so (laughs) when you're originally driving around it's this big blue blob that you don't see the edges of but 
as you're, you know, dipping down into the 10 and 9 and 8% battery charge, that little blue blob gets very small around the little arrow that represents the Mach-E. And let me tell you, I know, I know for a fact, because I'm in the industry, that, you know, unplugging your phone does nothing for range. Turning off the interior lights does nothing for the range. Dimming the dashboard does nothing for adding to the range. But you better believe I'm unplugging everything. I'm turning everything as dim and as low as it'll go. I'm creeping at 55 miles an hour. I had to sweet talk my way out of playing, paying a cash only toll in the great state of Oklahoma because I had oh gosh, what was it? Like 13 miles of range left and 10 miles until I could get to the next charger. I was sweating it. I I, I did not think I was going to make it. And if she had not let me talk my way out of planking that toll, I, I would have told her, well, I guess I'm plugging into your booth for 24 hours because that's how long it's going to take me to get any usable distance out of this vehicle. How long did it take you to charge up before you could go? So that was another thing. You mentioned they delivering them to us is an issue because we don't have the fast chargers here. So he brought it to me with about 30%. I found a dealership that allowed me the fastest charger in town, got it up to, I believe. Thank you, Pelche Nissan. Yes. <laughs> Thank you Pelche so Kia. much. Thank you very much. Josh, Thanks, you Josh. You bet. Uh, so I got it up to, I believe, 75% in about 55 minutes. So I was there for a while and it, it took a while, but it finally Say got that to, again. I'm sorry. About 75% from 30, so added 45% of range in about 55 minutes. It's okay. That's all right. It's not great. Not great. It got to the point where I knew I was driving to Amarillo. I knew I had to get on the road. It was like 3 p.m. by the time I finally hooked all my cameras up and hit the road and said, here we go. And got me to Fort Worth just fine, no problem. Like I said, I overcharged there. Everything fell off the rails after that because trying to reroute me and me finding that hotel overnight charger, it it just wasn't right. Texas does not have the infrastructure yet. Oklahoma does not necessarily have the infrastructure yet, but it is coming. It is getting here. And the more of these EVs that manufacturers crank out, the more demand there's going to be for them. So they're going to do it. I yeah. don't, it's not an if just so it's all you guys know. Win. Yeah, yeah. It, it's when, and, and, and they set a, a potential target as 2035 for uh, the big three to stop production of the ice, uh, the internal combustion right. engine. Um, and I don't know that they're going to be able to, to hold it to that. I think it's going to be tough. Another fascinating thing that this is bringing forward is, uh, so I'm sure anyone that listens to your podcast is familiar with SEMA. Yes. So SEMA, uh, uh, an event in Los Angeles, Las Vegas each year, uh, for cars, uh, has sent, has begun sending me emails, uh, very similar to, uh, how I would imagine, uh, email from the NRA would be regarding, (laughs) I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny or political, but one of the big deals, one of the big campaign part of the NRA is of course the second amendment. Right. And they're, they're coming, they're possibly coming for our guns because I'm a gun owner. So don't, you know, hate me. Um, but the fact is, um, that SEMA sent me an email saying, Hey, they're, they're going to come after our internal combustion engines. We need you to sign on to a large document in mass and, and help block this legislation. Well, I don't think they're coming for my internal combustion engines. Okay. The, Not what in they're going to do. Correct. <laughs> what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to 
get, you know, the gas will be harder to find. Right. Probably the fuel to run them will be harder to find. But given uh, America's rich heritage in the automobile industry and the fact that the internal combustion engine fueled that whole history, yeah. I doubt very seriously we'll see a quote unquote cash for clunkers or uh, cash for ice, right. you know, if you, if you will. Um, I, I think uh, those of you who have classic cars, don't sweat this, don't worry this. Uh, but hey, maybe by 2035, it's time for you to get off your ass and get one electric vehicle for the car you're driving around town. You, the, you, can, you can charge it in at your house or p- plug it in at your house every night, run around, do your things. If range anxiety is, is an issue now where you've got an internal combustion mm-hmm. engine to drive... And by 2035, it, I think it's very reasonable that we see these uh, ranges doubled, if yes. not tripled. So it's just the battery technology. And GM and has partnered with LG Chem, and I really see them, at least they're banking on it, they're betting on it full force, that they are going to be the leaders in that tech battery tech industry, that they are going to master the range and the first vehicles they're rolling out to us, unfortunately, are 9,000-pound monstrosities. Trucks. Yeah, so you're, you're having to haul this mass around, and it's not exactly fuel efficient, but Mary Barra did tease. The Mach-E weight. Did, didn't it weigh 5,000 pounds? 5,000 pounds. It was as much as that Explorer I was driving the around. Roseanne Barra, yeah, it's, you it's know, coops. It, it's ridiculous what they weigh, but the fact that all their weight is down low, did you take that thing around any corners? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do that to every car. Ford, so... I want you to know that every car you send me, be it car or truck, it goes around corners quickly, it lays rubber in front of my house, yes, and yes. it gets the neighbor's attention. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Uh, that being said, you probably would not be able to do it with the vehicle they just took away from me, which... I... I know I talked about this for any listeners who were listening to last week's episode. I'm sorry. I'm on a rant here. You got me going. Plug-in hybrids. Why the hell are so many companies skipping over that step? I I don't get it. Can't figure that one out either because one of the – we talked about this also, but another one they sent me in this run or the last run uh, was the F-150 electric. Yeah, the the lightning. Well, it's not the the lightning, but the power boost, uh, EcoBoost, power boost, whatever the hell they're calling it. It was a a hybrid full-size truck. Right. And so uh, let me paint a picture for you guys in this type of environment. But I live on the same road uh, that Corey does. I I live off the same road. I take Copeland Road to work every morning from uh, two miles or a mile further down the road than you do to Copeland in the loop, which is a straight line for those of you who don't know it. So each day I was able to go back and forth from work on complete battery. I had to massage it a little bit. I couldn't start fast and whatever, but man, that's cool. I I had the EcoBoost plus the electric anytime I wanted it for performance or, or towing or whatever. But when I didn't need it, I didn't have to engage the internal combustion motor. That's where I think the money is right now until they figure out, I think they should just shelve all the fully electrics until they got a, they have a better uh, handle on the life expectancy of the batteries, the range and go to these hybrids because it's the way to go. And, I called it last week the the gateway drug to the real thing because <laughs> as unexciting as that escape plug-in hybrid was that I had, the fact that it had a 38-mile pure electric range, like there was a button in the center console that I could tell it, do not turn the engine on unless I tell you to come on. Correct. And I was able to run about my normal daily life, run errands all throughout town without using a drop of gas and that same vehicle, the same day they brought it to me, 
I drove to Houston and back and never stopped for fuel on the trip to Houston. Yeah. I just drove the four hours straight Tyler to Houston. And I'm like, this is what we're missing. This is what we need more of. Why is everybody skipping over this step? And it's because it's not sexy. It's not cool. That Mach-E is so much fun because it puts you in the back of the seat. and Well, for five seconds. Right. And that's bullshit. <laughs> I really think so. I mean, come on. They, they, they. I think it's zero to sixty and around four. Four point eight is the non GT. Right. I think the GT is three and change. Right. The non GT is four, so that's great. So you just get plastered in the seat for four point nine two seconds, and then it goes because the battery is computer a computer controlled right. to go down. So I guess you just won't take off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I, I, I get the reasoning behind that, I guess. But I just, I can't wait for it, Corey. I yeah. mean, I, I just can't get it fast enough. But I'm with you. We're not spending enough time on this hybrid. And maybe that gets Bubba used to it. Yeah. I mean, maybe Bubba just sees a little electric thing and doesn't get so damn scared anymore. <laughs> you know, well, hell, I can plug it in somewhere. I have to plug it in at the house. Or, yeah. You know, it'll regenerate on stuff, it you know truly is it's the gateway drug you, you gotta ease people into how many years 100 plus years we've been making gas powered cars you expect us to turn on a dime and rely solely on electricity especially here in east texas we're still reeling we have snow in the forecast as you and i sit here today no, I don't even want to talk and, about and we're all like oh gosh oh gosh oh gosh not again not again one more reason <laughs> to help with fossil fuels um yeah but uh you know the the thing that uh I was thinking about the Mach-E's range anxiety is how much of that did I self-impose, right. that range anxiety? How much did I force myself to look at it? And the truth is, I, I don't think I ever got below 20%, right. you know, just because I was so paranoid. So, Well, you know, it was one of those famous last words moments. I'm, you know, driving through Dallas traffic. We get stopped. Gotta love I-20 in Garland or wherever it is. And, you know, I'm talking to the camera, you know, uh, oh, range anxiety, it's nothing. I, I've still got 40%. I'm almost to my charging station, blah, 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 blah. Little did I know that at midnight I'd be begging a toll booth operator to let me pass because, yes, I'm a millennial. No, I don't carry change with me. Who, who does cash-only toll booths anymore? I don't know. That's That was a strange one to me. But, yeah, little did I know what was in my very near future in regards to that vehicle. Take it from a Gen X. Keep 100 bucks in cash <laughs> with you at all times in 20s, okay? Yeah. I'm telling you, make your life much easier. It, it, so it would solve so many of the, the problems that I've had in the past 10 years. So, yes, uh, not discounting that whatsoever. All right. So we we literally could probably talk EVs wanted to. The, the entire trip. Uh, I am on the verge of a trip to the Chicago Auto Show They've already confirmed the Silverado EV is going to be there. They've already confirmed the Hummer truck EV is going to be there. Uh, I, like you, I'm all in. Like, yes, give me more, but give me options. Don't quit ma making the V8-powered fun, loud things. I want options. and That's a topic one day. If you want me on again, I'll discuss with you. The, yeah. the, the loud cars. Okay, I... I adore fast cars. Okay. It's, I, I love to go to the yeah. track, everything else. There's a difference between a fast car that's kind of loud and every Mustang that thinks it sounds like a 10 second <laughs> Mustang. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering when 
we're going to start to rein some of this in. I know that it's a movement around. Yeah. And again, this is some guys, I'm sorry if, if, if this pisses you off. Cause I'm, I guarantee you're not more of a, a car person than I am. I love the culture. I love cars, but at some point, every 17 year old cutting the exhaust off from the cat back or, uh, some fart you know, can muffler, a on fart the back. can muffler on an import or these, uh, thrush mufflers on these Mustangs. And it's mostly Mustangs. You don't hear them on Camaros a lot. It's mostly you Mustang guys that want to be heard and not seen, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, man, I'm, I'm ready for them to, uh, take a swing at that a little bit. I'm, I think I would vote for something, uh, some type of legislation to, to just hold it at some decibel level because yeah. it's, it's, it's getting distracting. It's not just uh, every now and then. Well, and that's the thing. Like I've had, I've even recording here in my studio or in a neighborhood in East Texas, I've had to like cut and re-edit or sure. re-record stuff because of people running up and down the street. There, there is a limit, and the, you know, I'm 35. Am I 35 now? Yeah, I think I'm 35 now. The older I get, the more I'm like these dang old kids with their loud cars. But Hey man, I've are you throwing there. that at me, or no. are you just saying okay? No, I, no, I, 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 I'm coming. I, I'm, I'm. I let my 18 year old <laughs> cut off his exhaust yeah. off from the cat back from my the old Dodge truck I gave yeah. him. I'm not anti, but it just it, at some point, guys. Do you, I mean, it, speed makes noise, right? So if if you uh, put a performance chip on your car, if you put a modified exhaust system on your car and intake etc. It's going to affect how loud that car is. And that's fine. Right. But just to have it loud for the sake of it being loud and not any faster. Right. I don't get. Well, the ones I don't get as with you. Stupid is rolling coal, which is (laughs) freaking stupid. (laughs) Emails to Corey, please. Yes. Don't get me started on that one. But uh, (laughs) yeah, all these people that will just do loud for the sake of loud, not for any horsepower gains and not even necessarily a good loud it's just flat loud. loud you know i made the joke fart cam mufflers my my brother was big into the import saying we've had many a four banger in our family that was just loud to be loud there's good loud and there's bad loud and you know mustangs left to their own devices ford knows what they're doing mustang 5.0 sounds amazing they spend millions of dollars to get them to sound like they do under low throttle, mid throttle, and WOT. And and, and you're going to fix it with 300 freaking dollars at the muffler shop downtown. No muff too tough or whatever it says on the side. It's not happening. You're not going to spend... You know, when Acura came out uh, with the, one of the last Integras, mm-hmm. they told the, the tuner guys, hey... Spend all the money you want trying to make get more horsepower out of this motor. You're not going to do it. Yeah. We've just spent $30 million trying to figure out how to make this thing quick. So you're not going to, you're never going to be able to outthink the manufacturer in your backyard. Right. I don't think. The, Sorry, I'm opinionated. You knew this when you asked me on here. Yeah. The, the R&D that goes into it, I think more or less like, so going back to my Chevy truck with the bow tie sitting next to you, one of the first things I did was pull the intake off and all the... There's still dead DNA on that too. Oh, oh my! Yeah. All right, just want to let you know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it all is. All the appendages on that old intake and the baffles and the things to reduce all the noise that I got instantaneously putting the K and N intake on that I replaced it with. I was like, well, this is just the way to go. So, like bypassing all that, you know, we've got to make it quiet for Aunt Sally who's going to buy this and live with it. 
I I didn't need that. I loved hearing the sound of the the 5.3 breathing in. And yes, I put a $700 Gibson exhaust on it, but man, it sounded good. It it accentuated all the good things. No, it wasn't a 300... Uh, no, no muff too tough. Right, yeah, right, right. Like, oh. do it. If you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to waste time and waste money doing it, spend a little bit more and get the good stuff. Don't, don't go cheap. Like, yeah. And of course, the antithesis of this, what we started the program talking about with electric cars. Uh, when I had uh, the Mach-E, I was driving it around at night. I showed a friend of mine has a first generation Raptor. Okay. So I take Ford products over to him a lot. And we were driving it around the neighborhood. <clears throat> we came around a corner and there were some people walking a dog. And came right up on him. Didn't even and hear. I rolled down the window and I said, "I'm." I'm they thought I was <laughs> crazy. I said, "Excuse me." I said, "You don't know me, but I'm just curious. Did you hear me?" Yeah. No. Well, same point. I was leaving. Uh, I was at the Houston Auto Show at NRG Center, and uh, there was a parking attendant with his back to me in the plug-in escape hybrid that I was in. So, low did you run speed. over him. I about did. He did not move. He did not hear me. And the the direction in which I was coming and the way the exit was, I went around him, but did not realize because the road was curved that I was now heading into entering traffic, not exiting traffic. And he's like, hey, hey. But like I literally crept up on him until he heard me. So because I couldn't tell if he was like the divider between incoming traffic and exiting traffic. Sure enough, I found out the hard way. He's like, hey, hey, get over here, get over here. I've I've Uh, long campaigned for all electric cars to make the Jetson car sound. So uh, it, you there's joke no way about that, that shouldn't be done. You joke about that. I No, I'm dead freaking serious <laughs> about this, Corey. I drove a Mercedes EQS, which if you know anything about the Mercedes lineup, S signifies the top of the line. So EQ is their electric. EQS is their top of the line. Right now it's their only, but it's their best electric. And it's got two drive mode sounds. And my goodness, I felt like I was in Star Trek or the Jetsons or something. That's exactly what it sounded like inside. I have no idea what it sounded like outside and wasn't going to give anyone the keys uh, to drive past me for that reason. Uh, I will say the downside to the EV platform is the lame binging chime when you put them in reverse. Like there's, there's got to <laughs> the be. The forklift sound. Yeah, there's got to be something better than the boom, boom, boom. It, like, took, uh, it, it took me, uh, God, like I don't know that? how many models to figure out what the hell was going on with that. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it's ridiculous. Is that the cable guy? Where, who, what's going on here? Like, no, it's you. Did You're I forget back- to take out the garbage? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, no, it's you. Yeah. But, uh, interesting because you and I were chatting over lunch one day that, uh, you had the opportunity to get the Mach-E GT. I'm going to have to come over and see you because I am wholeheartedly going and asking for that one next in in the press. No, I turned it down. I told you. I mean, I don't know. I only thought it was fair. Look, Ford, hey, uh, Ken, if you want to send it to me, I'll review it. My, my, My problem with it was... The GT, the only difference that I can see, other than handling, which right. honestly, unless we're on a controlled track, we're never going to know no. the difference. That, and for those of you who drive out there, understand that on a, on a street, you will never be able to understand the capabilities of the car. But if Ford wanted to send it to me, I felt the only thing that I could really, because I did a lengthy write-up on this. Right. This was more of a, a piece about electric uh, experience, more than the car even. Right. And so... My, my my fear was, I, I, what am I going to be able to say? It, it's faster. It, it's faster. Yeah. Thank you. You know. Well, 
it's funny that you bring that up because yes, everybody with their Honda Civic Si or, or, or you name it, whatever vehicle you want to put into that sentence thinks that their car is the fastest. By the way, that's one of the best looking cars I've seen, which I hated when it came out. Really? The, Could the 22 not version? It. Yes. Okay. Interesting take. Okay. So uh, I put up a video of a 2022 Kia Forte GT, which undercuts the Civic Si by four grand mm -hmm. if you option it right, which is beyond me. Same power numbers. You can get a six-speed manual in it. Spare motor. Fun little car. <laughs> and... <laughs> Yes, you could if you Sorry. had to. Sorry, I told you. I told you. I told you. But uh, undercuts the Civic by four grand. And I, I kid you not, half of the comments on that video on YouTube was complaining it didn't have a limited slip differential up front. And that goes back to everybody who buys one of these is a spec sheet jockey that has never pushed their vehicle to the limits. Like... I, I am fortunate enough, blessed enough, as a member of Texas Auto Riders, uh, in the fall we get to test off-road vehicles on a proper off-road track designed sure. to, to test articulation and all the things in a controlled environment. In the spring, we go to Texas Motor Speedway and test cars mm -hmm. on a track mm -hmm. in an environment mm -hmm. that it's designed to be in. Mm -hmm. So, granted, you know, we're not trying to wreck any cars or, you know, be Jeremy Clarkson spinning out at 100 miles an hour, but... We get to push these cars much harder than you would in Well, we traffic. get to lose control right. in a controlled environment. Right. That's the key. And, and people don't understand. Like, that Kia Forte GT, yeah, it didn't have a limited slip diff. 99% of the, the use case for that car, you don't need it. Like, there, there are so many of these, like I say, spec sheet jockeys that say, you know, they're just reading down the list of what it has and what it doesn't have. Take, for instance, I'm driving a Bronco right now. All the Jeep faithful, it's got an independent front suspension. Jeep Wrangler's got a, a solid, solid front and axle. And all the Jeep boys are like, nope, that, that ain't it. That's not going to do it. Let me tell you, the Bronco is good. You said the Bronco is good. Like, oh, there's no question. I mean, look, <clears throat> uh, uh, independent suspensions will never be as strong right. as a solid axle. Who cares? Big deal. Yeah, go go. That's what I'm saying. The the, the new uh, Bronco salute's probably going to be the one finger salute <laughs> to the Jeep yes. guys, uh, but it's uh, they do get too uh, people do get too carried away with the spec sheets and what it is. Uh, case in point, and I would just tell anyone if if you're out there and you're listening to the podcast and you and you uh, classify yourself as an enthusiast and you may happen to drive a performance car. Uh, there's a program that goes uh, from place to place uh, in the in mm -hmm. across America called the Extreme Experience. And the extreme experience for about 500 bucks lets you uh, go in and get an hour's worth of classroom and then let you out on, a tr on the track on cars. Basically, they start at like Hellcat level and right. go up to Lamborghinis. Um, uh, I uh, did it for my son to show him that I really wanted to show him what he didn't know. Right. You know, in a controlled environment, in a controlled environment. So he got to drive the 993. It was a fun day for him. But if, if, if you want to, to really hone your skills, uh, learn how to drive. Uh, the first thing you learn rule one, line one track only. Right. Okay. Go, go get an extra set of tires for your Hellcat and, and go out there on the track, waste them in one day, spend $1,200 on tires for the day. <laughs> um, and come back day, and though. you will be able to come back to your wife and kid. Right. Uh, when you're doing, uh, 120 on the interstate and you decide to floor it, 
right. which in some of the new cars, that's possible. Yes. So you can be up to wherever the speed limiter allows you to go, or in some cases, you've had it disengaged uh, through the uh, main computer on the car, the PCM. You're going to hit a bump. You're going to uh, – somebody's – some old, I'm not going to say old lady, some – a mature driver that's not expecting you coming up behind them at 180 is going to panic. And the first thing people do when they freaking panic is hit the brakes. Yeah. That's it. So you can either, you know, uh, become, it wasn't Bam Magara. What was the, what was the uh, guy that flipped his Porsche with the, uh, uh, Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Doesn't yeah, matter. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah. But you're, you're going to be the jackass is what yeah. I'm saying. You're going to be the dead jackass. Yeah. Okay. It, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. To your point, yes, go experience. Don't be a dead jackass. Go experience what speed is like in a controlled environment that allows you to do that. In because you're right, you never know. It's more fun. Yes, and you never know when somebody's going to throw a wrench, a deer come run out in front of you, a, a ball come bounce across the street, uh, someone slam on the brake, change a lane. There are so many possibilities out there that'll leave you upside down in a ditch or. Sp- spread 20 miles down the road because you're just going too fast in, in an area that wasn't meant for it. it the, the term you want to, you want to know is terminal velocity. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. Do we have time for a quick story? Go for it. So, uh, uh, my old co-host of the show, David Irwin, uh, uh, used to run Tyler Ford for years and years in town. Uh, he was, uh, he's a military guy. He's a man's man. And, uh, he was in the artillery and they tested out, uh, a new weapon, a 50 caliber, I think, weapon on one of these uh, personnel carriers, and they filled the personnel carrier with sheep. Okay? Okay. So from 500 yards away, they fire. The projectile enters the the personnel carrier on one side, exits on the other. uh, No bigger hole than a three-inch diameter hole on either side. Nothing was left in the armored personnel carrier. There was just a 300-yard string of blood and hair three inches wide. And that's terminal velocity. Right. I, I want I want you guys to know that literally happens behind the wheel. You will not survive a wreck on the street above 130 yeah. 90% of the time. So don't be stupid, you moron. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm fortunate enough. Uh, my photographer is a state trooper by day, and he's told me some stories. And he's like, there are certain things I will not do in a car because I have seen the ill-fated consequences of it and yeah it's you need to get Jeannie dark on here have oh, you done that yet no i have not oh yeah she's a uh she's the marketing arm okay. for the for the uh highway patrol up here she's oh. something else man she's crazy i'll reach out to her yeah. but you know back in my day it was uh red mist or something that scary promotional thing that they show you to you know scare 15 year old kids like me at the time out of doing stupid stuff behind the wheel of the car. And, you know, when I was coming up, there was a famous uh, wreck in the area. A, a woman's face was imprinted on a tree from her Camaro just shattering around her. And it was unrecognizable <laughs> I'm sorry. as a car. And her face, her face was, was her image was left the on the tree. tree. Yeah, that it's it has. Stuck. Did you get a picture? No, I did not. So this this was the famous news story to keep youngins like me from doing stupid things because it happened on Paluxy. I, I can tell you exactly where it happened. 15, 16, 20 years later, I, I still remember what they. Oh, told this us. happened here. Yes, it was here in Texas. 20 years ago, which sounds crazy. Here or in the great state of? Here 
On Paluxy, just north of 346. Oh. Yeah. It, Heart goes out to the, the parents or whoever had to, to bury that poor child. Yeah. Apologize, it's, but it's, it's, it's uh, man, speed don't be kills. Stupid. Don't yeah. be stupid. Yeah, don't be stupid. Go out like you did for your son and experience it in a controlled environment to like you did for your son. Teach him all the things he didn't know. Need to know what you don't know. Right. Right. And, and also... you're invincible at 16 with keys and four wheels, right? As far as you know, um, the, but, but the thing about it also, you might want to, uh, ponder is the fact that 500 bucks in the automotive performance world is pennies. I know. So what, what, what a great way to spend 500 bucks. You know what I mean? It's an enjoyable day at the track. You haven't ruined your car. Uh, you're going to be a better driver when you're done with it. So it's extreme experience, extreme experience.com. If you want to try it, tell them you heard it on garage talk. Yeah, there you go. Well, Lonnie, we literally could sit here and talk everything automotive for many, many more hours. I've got a list of questions here that I like to end all my interviews with. It's this or that questions just to, you know, get into your psyche a little bit more. And I'm kind of anxious to see your thoughts on some of these. I can rule out a handful of them because I already know the answer. But I'll ask you eight because every good engine needs eight cylinders. So uh, first things first, I ask all my guests this. Do you name your vehicles? No. No? Just no. a hard pass on that? It's ridiculously stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, never mind my opinion on okay. it. Okay. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I, my next one on here is ICE or EV. We've already gone there. But uh, new mm. or classic? New or classic? Are you, are you more into? Damn, these are hard questions. Like really, uh, both. I, I own a, uh, 1974 Camaro, mm-hmm. uh, that is, uh, it was rotisserie. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a frame off cause there's no frame. Right. Uh, and I'm super intrigued, uh, by new tech. Um, so both. Okay. Both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh- same here, because yep. I'm just as intrigued by the EV culture and, and what we have coming as I am my favorite car, 69 Camaro. Someone put it in uh, perspective, a, not, in a 1974 Camaro was as far away as a 1918 car as a 74 Camaro Ooh. is from a car today. Oh, dear. Let just that settle think, in. Think how much technology. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. That's what I'm saying. You, you just blew my mind, sir. That's what I'm here for. Off-road or on-road? Off. Off. Every, every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so you've mentioned Barnwell. You go out there frequently? No, I'm really, I'm, I'm a little older. So, and it, and, and off-roading is a very expensive hobby. I'm into overlanding. Okay. So I just want to drive, see the scene, maybe have a cold one out there, just drive safe with, with a couple other like-minded people. That's why I'm very excited about potentially when trucks get electric so I can drive out in these places mm-hmm. and not hear any motor sound whatsoever and just your nature. That, that's exactly how Jeep sold the 4xe was the complete silenceness of being able to go out and be wherever you know it's great they it's like the, walking around naked yeah the, <laughs> they had the twigs snapping and deers looking up because you know the jeep's coming through and it's completely sure. silent so uh let's see here to do uh this will be a good one uh what is your favorite driving i'll say soundtrack it could be a genre it could be a tool oh Really? Okay. I wouldn't have gone there for you. Well, because of my age, you would have said the stones or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. Maybe. Tool. Maybe. All right. Uh, All right. That That's a little more like me in high school type I'm, era. I'm, I'm, I've so. got the brain of a high school. Okay. okay. Uh, this will be a good one. I bet you it'll be electrified. 
from your experience, from your seat, where you've been watching the industry change over the past couple of decades, most interesting vehicle on the road today? Most interesting for me would be one I'll never drive, uh, and that would be the uh, electrified semis. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And Tesla's throwing their hat in the ring and Absolutely. they're just making some crazy stuff out there. Yep. Uh, it's going to put a big dent in the meth market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> while we're on the electric truck thing, uh, Cybertruck thoughts mm-hmm. there. It's ugly. Ugly as hell. I just, I mean, to me, yeah, it, it just is. does nothing for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I like that he, As does Elon. Nothing yeah, for me. <laughs> I like that he just said, you know, screw the template. For, forget what, you know, a truck is supposed to be. Let's build a okay. truck how we want to make it. Then yeah. uh, he achieved what he wanted. Yes, he did. Uh, let's see. You say you drive a Jeep. Uh, are you team Wrangler, team Bronco? Mm. I'm team Bronco. Okay. Yeah. I don't drive. I drive a Grand Cherokee. Okay. So I don't drive a toaster. All right. <laughs> uh same vein, TRX or Raptor? Uh, uh, you know, I have not driven the TRX, uh, full disclosure. Um, the, uh, I'm tied to Ford. I, I, I took a shot at Howie Long with one of my um, reviews one time when uh, Ford did their original man step. Right. <clears throat> Howie Long came on <laughs> yes, and made does. fun of it. So I, I, I decided I would take Howie to task you know, he's not going to go find me and beat right. me up. Right. So I take him to task. You can't play 20 years in the NFL and get into a damn truck without a man step. Right. Okay. Yes. Ford liked it. I started getting Raptors two to three times a year. Um, I, I'm a big lover of the first generation Raptor. Okay. Uh, back when they put a V8 in them, like they're supposed to. Well, not, not, <laughs> not only the V8, them. but they just, everything's gotten so massive at this point, so tall, yes. so wide, so huge that in most cases, there's a lot of places you just can't drive them because of the, the girth in the, in the size of them. So I'm, if you had to ask me my choice, I'd want a first gen Raptor. Okay. That's definitely an interesting take I haven't had on that uh, question before. All right. Like I tell my wife, bigger is not always better. (laughs) And we'll end with uh, color or grayscale. It seems like everything is monotone now. Color. Uh, Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. The uh, Mach-E GT that is in the press fleet that you or I may get to sample in that grabber blue is just. Oh, that's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. I, just I, I would have to have it in that color. Uh, I tested a C8 Corvette in there. They call it electric uh, ra- blue or something rapid like that. Blue, I believe. Right. Uh, and, uh, that thing, it was a great guys. My age called it Z28 blue. Okay. Back in the day. Seriously. It, it's one of the most beautiful colors of blues. Most of the manufacturers have it. There has been, uh, I think silver, white and black are the three top colors, right? right. With white, right. silver in descending order. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ready for color. Uh, I think right now the sexiest car to me uh, would be a really ultra performance car in retirement red. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, versus just bright red, that right. retirement red's a little subtle. You know, most people that buy these cars aren't in their 20s unless mm-hmm. they're dot com guys. So, you know, it, it doesn't make you look like you're trying to be a poser. Well, you, know? you and I are both in very beautiful red Fords right now. I've got that Outer Banks Bronco that. 
I, I'm struggling to find things to knock on it. It, it would probably be the tires, which I could upgrade if I owned the rig. You can't knock that. Yeah, and that red paint job. I I cannot tell you how good the Ford Reds have become. The like red, lipstick. the red and the chrome on yours that you're driving that Expedition is. It had me hook, line, and sinker. Uh, you're not a fan, huh? No, it's not red. No? It, it's too much. It's metallic. in your driveway, dude. Oh, you're not driving a red one? No. Okay, they brought me the red one. And they give me nicer cars than you do, Corey. <sighs> man, I got to get on Ken's back here. There so, you go, man. Uh, is it a 21 or is it a 22? It's a 25. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, I'm, I'm just kidding you. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's black. And uh, okay. it's the, you know, they've all gone to the uh, heavy metallic in the paint because yes. uh, it, for, I, I love black cars. Uh, one of the best things they ever did was stick a bunch of metallic in black because it makes it far easier to clean and, yeah. and maintain. I, I've sworn off black cars. My, you're parked behind my daily driver, black car. Car before that was black car. I'm Jeez done with wash. it. I just, uh, I, you get all the swirls in the paint. Like, no, I'm done with her. Give me, I've, blue's my favorite color. Favorite color. I've never had a blue car. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I, I've gone out and bought several new vehicles. Why I haven't picked a blue well, one? Sophia Vagar is my favorite actress, but hey, <laughs> it is go. what it is. <laughs> Well, Lonnie, uh, it, it has been great shooting the breeze with you, pulling you out of that uh, on-air retirement just a little bit, uh, <laughs> easing you into the podcast world. It was fun. Bit. This is a new thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, radio people uh, uh, poo-poo the podcast movement, and I've been uh, paying more and more attention to it in the past uh, three to five years, okay. and I, I think it's the way to go. The, pe the people are actually tuning in for the content. Yeah. So uh, keep listening to Garage Talk, guys. Keep supporting Corey. If you like the format, you like the show, the the best way to do it is just tune in, answer yep. the questions, and log on. Uh, ringing endorsement from a long-time uh, radio guy. Thank you so much for it. You said your work can still be found at ktbb.com, correct? Go to ktbb.com slash Car Show Corner, okay, and you can find my reviews there. Uh, and I occasionally I'll I'll, I'll post them on uh, Facebook, uh, but uh, just e kbb.com. Easy. Easiest way to find you. Well, there you have it, Gearheads. It has been a blast sitting down with Lonnie, getting to talk cars with him. As with always, you know where to find us, how to find us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the things at GT Garage Shock. Everything we do, including links to our YouTube channel, can be found at gtgaragetalk.com. Until next time, bye.